Yo, and welcome into Fantasy Baseball Camp. This is episode 29. We're getting ready for week 14, guys. Is it really week 14 next week? It Doesn't is. like it. Almost, Almost halfway. halfway through, man. Well, we are Almost. halfway. Yeah, we're, we're at least halfway. We are halfway. Because we have we usually do what about twenty three weeks, twenty four weeks, yeah. season. Uh, and we're about to be at week fourteen. Um, All star break is just around the corner. I hope everybody listening is doing well in their fancy season. Because if you uh, are listening to us, I would hope you are doing well based on our, our advice. Um, Tommy, uh, how you doing tonight? I'm good. It just made me made me realize that we're over halfway and we're coming close to the end that we're trying to figure out if you're going to be a buyer at the trade of the nine, or if you're going to be like Wes and sell because you're no good. <laughs> hey man, I'm just offering trades to people and they're not even looking at them. So I don't know what to say. What do you want me to do? No, oh, I'm just kidding. I, I don't get the same record. I do getting, getting an offer of a trade and just leaving it there. Just leaving. I think you should say that louder. Uh, say it from the uh, people in the back. I don't get <laughs> no. Um, I'm I, good, I'm good. I don't you know like what? having trades but, in my inbox because then any like if I offer yeah. one, I won't leave it there because I'm scared that something right. will happen and they hit accept real fast. Yeah. So I'm going to propose a rule change for next season. You're penalized a draft dollar every time you leave a trade unrejected for two days. For for honestly, that's kind of little. That's a little much because some people might look for the week. I was gonna say for if if it goes from period to period, how about that? If if you're offered a trade and you don't reject it by the next period, you're fined five draft dollars. No, that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm quick to to, to reject and reject. That's because well, someone stupid. someone will just offer trades all the time and hope right. to pen it. Like yeah, that was my point. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be sending Tommy <laughs> trades all the time. <laughs> Uh, all right so like i said we're we're trying to help make continuously to help you listeners out with picks that we uh think will be productive next week and tommy who you think's productive next week i've got a guy that i think could be productive not just for next week but for many weeks to come oh let's hear it his his name is brian Wu, a starting pitcher at a Exactly. Who? Woo? Brian Wu. That was kind of like a Wu kind of pun. Brian. Kind of there. So he's a starting pitcher. He's uh, one of the top, their top prospects, starting pitcher from Seattle Mariners. He is currently 56% rostered so in CBS, about halfway there. Um, for the year, he is sporting a 437 ERA and a 124 whip. And you're like, eh, that's, that doesn't sound that good. Why are you talking about him? Well, what happened? As the first game of the year for him, his debut was June 3rd. He came up against the Texas Rangers. And I don't take any game against the Texas Rangers to heart for a pitcher. Those guys are incredible. He went two innings, seven hits, six earned runs, just absolutely got destroyed. But since then, he sports a 218 ERA, 197 average against. And let's see if I can pull up that whip. Uh, A 097 whip. So 218 year range, 097 whip compared to the stat line of the year, 437, 124. You tell me some guys got two whip, two two ERA and a sub one whip. I want that all day to go along with 32 strikeouts in 22 innings. That's one yeah. of the best strikeout rates in the league. 
and his walk rate 6.3 is well below league average too. So everything you want out of a guy is is shown in this, and the surface numbers aren't even aren't there. Um, so if you have somebody who's not paying attention, you may be able to trade for this guy. But if he's on your waiver wires, I would definitely go out, go out there and add him. It, it seems like Seattle is just turned into a pitching factory. How do you guys feel about that? I mean, Logan Gilbert, then George Kirby, Bryce Miller, and now Brian Wu. I mean, I, I had an idea who Bryce Miller was before the year, but Brian Wu, I had no idea who this guy was. I think one other unique thing about them is I agree that they're a pitching factory, but they're also heavy on the fastball pitching factory, all four of those guys. Yeah. Wu, Kirby, Miller, Gilbert. They still have Emerson fa- Haircock coming. Yeah, all fastball heavy guys. So that was my waiver wire uh, recommendation, not just for next week, but for probably the rest of the season. Yeah. Uh, Or or maybe a trade recommendation. Um, So quiet. Someone doesn't really know much about it. They just just see the numbers. Offer them Kyle Hendricks. See if you can get him. Offer them Kyle Hendricks, which will lead right into, uh, I guess, my spot, my uh, roster addition for today uh kyle hendricks he's only 47 percent owned um he's not striking guys out but he's getting he's not getting hit either and next week he is a two-star pitcher with milwaukee and the new york yankee judgeless new york yankees um they did get stanton back but over his last three starts kyle hendrick is 19.1 innings 1.4 era and a 0.62 whip so the guy's going deep, not getting hit. Well, going deep, he throws six innings probably each start. But that's a quality start. That's what you want. That's what you want. Um, so I know Hendricks has been, been from to his year 2016 was his career year, of course. Um, slowly got worse and worse. Was always okay. But then the last two years, he just seemed so hittable. Um, it seems like I, I can just remember vividly having the TV on my porch and the Braves just destroying Kyle Hendricks um, in the oh, first yeah. inning. I remember that too. Don't worry. <laughs> it was, I think, beginning of the year, so everyone yeah, was watching. It was early. Um, but yeah, Kyle Hendricks, 47% owned. He is um, He's doing well. He's got two starts next week. Um, I know Tommy just poo-pooed on him a little bit. Um, but his trends are his trends are good. He's he scored thirty eight and a half, fifteen and a half, and twenty three and a half. No real uh, down starts in his last three weeks. Like I just mentioned, his good stats. Um, so yeah, that's my guy for this week. Um, I would I don't know if I would I would see. I'm not saying like he's a Brian Wu that I would see for the rest of the year. I would play Kyle Hendricks because he can get blown up. Uh, play matchups with with Kyle. He is plays the contact, but anyways, that's enough. Kyle Hendricks, Wes, who you got for us? Yeah, so the guy I'm going to talk about is Austin Hayes, and you know I, I just feel like he's not getting the credit he deserves this year. He's not a world beater, right? Uh, he hasn't quite eclipsed. You talking about two- Domingo Man? Domingo Herman. Yeah, shout out to Domingo Herman for throwing the what twenty fourth perfect game. I heard beater. <laughs> a world oh. He just abused the Oakland A's. Oh he, <laughs> he did. So mm. shout out to that. I mean, honestly, I didn't get a chance to watch it. Uh, I had to go back and rewatch the the perfect game. But that was kinda awesome. 
he got too much attention. It's not the only yeah. person he probably beat that night. Have, have you seen oh. his last three starts or the, his two starts before that? They were horrible. Awful. Two innings drop, pitched. Drop worthy. Not, yeah, oh, two innings pitched, seven earned runs. And then the start before before the perfect game, 3.1, eight earned runs. The guy had no business, no business throwing a perfect game. Yeah, it's almost like the Dallas Braden perfect game, right? Where yeah, that's like, the one I think about too. What happened? Like, or how did Phillip this happen? Humber? Yeah, or yeah, exactly. All the other ones are kind of legitimate. But... Baseball is a funny sport. Who are we talking about, Wes? Anyways, back to Austin Hayes. Oh, that's so right. Austin Hayes with the Orioles. Um, you know, I just don't think that he gets enough credit. Is he a is he a one two outfielder guy? No. Um, in three outfielder leagues, if you need a spot, I would trust him in you know as your third outfielder. He's hitting three fourteen. He has eight home runs and two stolen bases, right? But what I will say is it's been pretty consistent in his pattern. All right, what I mean by that is week six he scored twelve points. Week seven he scored eighteen and a half. Week eight twenty four and a half. Right. Week nine, went back down seven points. Week 10, 17 and a half. Week 11, 26 and a half. Right. So he has this pattern. Well, he'll, he'll get hot and then he'll go cold and then he'll get hot and then he'll go cold. But somehow he keeps his average above 314. So he continues to hit. He's right now in the, in the portion of his pattern where he's, <laughs> he's right. What's in up? the middle? He's right there in the middle. So he scored seven points last week. We're in week 13. He's already scored 10 points. So Austin Hayes looks like he's heating up at the plate for me. I think I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna add him to to trust him the next two weeks to see if he's gonna push into that, you know, twenty point range for the, for me for the next two weeks. Um, he's currently rostered in seventy nine percent of CBS leagues, so he's pretty available. Um, he ranks as a 60, 62nd outfielder, um, but. Look, man, I mean, I just don't think he gets as much credit as, as he deserves for for this year. You know, if you look at his stats, he's almost like a poor man's Mashataka Yoshida. Yeah. He's got similar, he's got the same amount of home runs. He's got a similar average, the difference, similar runs in uh, RBIs, but the difference is that K to walk ratio. Mashataka Yoshida uh, has a much better K to to uh walk ratio i think one thing that you didn't mention that is a bonus for him is the lineup he has around him for who not austin for hayes, hayes. Oh, hayes. Right. is not only is the lineup good um and therefore you have a lot more run and rbi opportunities for the counting stats but the lineup is good until so you have a lot more opportunities for plate appearances just to to rack up those hits those home runs those those runs at rbi so you have more lineup turnover um i think two things that Specifically, playing for Baltimore, that go go in favor for him. And he starts a four game series against New York to start Week 14, so that can only help because they don't have Carlos yeah. Rodon back. They just got Garrett Cole and Domingo Herman. Apparently, is a guy to watch out for. He's look. He uses sticky stuff. Let's be honest. Is he one of those guys that had on the neck? No, Rodan? that was. Uh... It was Michael Pineda. Oh, it was Pineda. It was Michael Pineda. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. (laughs) You could just see it smeared on the dude's neck. Yeah, like he did it on purpose and he wanted to get the run out. I think Armand had it on his, like, thigh or something. Yeah, he had it on his, yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, so that's that was uh, Austin Hayes of the Baltimore Orioles. Oh, Hayes has the pedigree of doing well and turning around, but yeah, Wes, that trend line, uh, grade C, it, grade B, grade A, grade C, grade B, grade A, you know, type yeah, weeks. Yeah, he's done that all year, and it's crazy if you look at it. And next week, is he's on trend for the third um, week, third set in a row to be grade A. Hey, look, man, you know, if you don't risk it, you don't get the biscuit, all right? So... That's part right of fantasy, time. man. That's right. That's part of fantasy, man. Like you, you got to risk it and take a chance because honestly, we're wrong a lot of the times. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see if Tommy's wrong with his next pick here. Tommy, who's your next guy you want to talk about? I, I may be wrong because I don't have, you know, 100% faith in this guy. But I think you read it while it's hot. That's Hassan Kim. Who? Uh, yes, exactly. Hassan Kim. <laughs> uh He's the typically second baseman for the, the San Diego Padres. Uh, he's been there for a couple of years now, and he's been decent, but he's not nothing been fantastic. Um, for the year, he's got 258 average, 344 on base, and 411 slug. So, you know, nothing's fancy, nothing special there. But over the last two weeks, he's turned something on. He's, he's bat- batting leadoff a lot of the times for the Padres, which in theory is a good lineup. He'll have Soto, Tatis, uh, Xander, Machado all hitting behind him, a lot of opportunity to score runs. Last two weeks, 354, 404, 562. And he did really good today as well. That's not an updated stat. Um, and he, he's eligible at second base, which is probably one of the harder ones to fill. But he's also got third base and shortstop if you need it. You know, if you missed out on, you know, someone like Luis Arise, who's usually come around, or Matt McLean, or the, the Kelmar, Cattell Marte resurgence, mm-hmm. he could be somebody that. Um, it helps you out over the next couple of weeks. I don't really expect him to do it long term and be a you know a stud moving forward. But as long as he's batting leadoff uh, for the Padres and he's continuing to hit hot, he's been really interesting. I feel like every other day I see a highlight of him over the last two weeks. Um, so he's someone who's intrigued me, and I've looked at it's been spec speculating picking him up in our our leagues if he's available. I feel like um, he has like a two game st- hot streak and then the rest, you know, like yeah. hot and then the rest is kind of like, oh, okay, maybe I won't pick him up. Yeah. I mean, his trends, you know, Michael talks about that a lot, aren't anything impressive. They're not bad, but they're also not like, I have to get this guy in my roster. So uh, I'm not saying he's a must add, but if you're desperate for a second baseman in a deep league, the middle infielders leagues, um, even corners since he's third base eligible, he's somebody I would, I would look to pick up. Yeah, uh, I feel like all three positions he's eligible at second, short, and third. You said, yes. I feel like all of those are are kind of thinning out a little bit. Um, the guys who are on the you know you want on your winning team, your winning fantasy team, um, are figuring out who they got, and uh, and it's it's getting more difficult to fill all those all those positions. Every 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 position is thinning out a little bit. Yeah. It- it's getting to the point in the season where there isn't a difference maker on the waiver wire anymore because the guys that are difference makers are typically on rosters. They've been picked up, they've been drafted, whatever. Good, good point. You know, like there aren't many, and the guys that come up on the waiver wire that are difference makers, like doesn't surprise anybody, right? It's like, it's very hard to find like the diamonds in the rough out there now. So, People's rosters have kind of settled in. You might get a, a an add or drop here, um, but the the major changes in roster have already happened. 
Right. Yep. That's why you got to be active at the beginning of the year. You can't, you see the guys who aren't active as much. They draft and they don't make the moves. And you see them do well at the beginning yeah. of the year and they fall off. They're like, well, my yeah. guy got hurt. I had like three injuries. Well, you made zero pickups. Yeah. 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 I think the only, only people that are left that could be major impacts um, this year aren't on MLB rosters right now. The guys like Colton Kowser, yeah. Kyle Harrison, Mick Abel, Andrew Painter, if he comes back. So there's yeah. a which, spec ad if you think they're going to come up soon. but Yeah, which is a reason why we are so big into the young guys and the prospects because it's so hard to find difference makers as a bench player or a platoon player because those are really the only – sometimes, most of the time, it's the guys that are available. But a young guy like a Kyle Harrison coming up, if he does get the nod, right, like – that could be a difference maker immediately. Right. This yeah. is the most pitcher hyped rookie season I can remember in a long time, or just people are coming up. Yeah. And every same. other week it's like, I want that guy. Normally it's yeah. one or two guys every year. You're like, yeah, it's fine. This, I think there's a dozen this year that I'm like, yeah, like, those guys need to be rostered. Think about last year. Who was it? Spencer Schreider. And who else? Probably a couple uh, others, but this year it just seems like, Lots of rookies that are available pitching wise. Yeah, I, I feel like some of a little bit of Tommy is you. Uh, you've so I had so many pitching injuries that you've been looking for pitching so much this year. Yeah, also true. Perhaps yeah. I've been slaughtered <laughs> with injuries, but but even so, I just feel like ones that are making an impact, like Bobby Miller, Bryce Miller. Those guys came up, popped. Fought was hyped, didn't do much. Perez, um. Yeah, you know, Yuri, Yuri has been on fire lately. Name I, after I name that comes can, up, I'm like, this yeah. guy's a stud. Yeah, I, I hope Scott White makes Ellie De La Cruz $40 and Yuri Perez $38, and you guys have to pay it next year. Unless we make the rule where you get half price. <laughs> I, I'm i on board with that. I was always on board with that. Everybody on this call is on board with that. Scott, I don't know. Freaking $39 for Julio, and he's in 240 this year. <laughs> you're not angry are you um no i'm not angry i'm just a little upset with scott specifically because that's I, who we use for our <laughs> for our value dollar he lives in florida i know you want to talk to him i'll i'll send him some mail yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right wes with that take that anger and tell us about your next pick who i think could make some folks angry just hearing his name Oh, yeah, yeah, it's it's not going to – it might be some alarm bells. I don't know. Some people are going to be like, you're an idiot. Okay, That's okay. I'll take that. Wes, you're an idiot before Thank you get to the name. You didn't even mention the name yet. but you Second that. Okay. So I'm going to say Kenta Maeda. Why? <laughs> okay. Okay. You, you returned a little – did a little 180 <laughs> there from your notes. But <laughs> Wait, what, what do my notes say? Tommy Pham. Oh, no, no, no. He was going to be somebody I mentioned a little later. Oh, okay. Sorry. Thank you. I do have I, I have a reason to mention Tommy Pham, though. We'll get to that here in a minute. Uh, Kenta Maeda, though. So, in the state of where we are in pitching, like, it's there's just not much out there that's available. Kenta Maeda just came back, and uh, he pitched really well. His first start scored 21 points. And his next start was against the Braves in Atlanta. And, I mean, it was a decent start, 
he didn't score many points, but he went five. He only gave up two earned runs and five hits. Didn't strike out, but four. Um, but he he did pitch. If you watch the game, he actually pitched decent to pretty well against the Braves. Um, and so for me, if you take away the one start that he has where the Yankees scored 10 runs on him in 11 hits, he actually has a 2.7 ERA minus that start, right? And he's been decent. Now, granted, yeah. he's not going to go deep into games. He's not going to get much run support with Minnesota because for whatever reason, their offense isn't great. And yeah, the other reason I, I say is not this week, but the week after it looks like he's going to be a two start pitcher. Um, and he might have some decent matchups there. So he hasn't been terrible. So I'm going to give him a chance, you know, somebody's going to give him a chance. <laughs> and it's, it's very weird to say it that way. You know, but like in the state of pitching that we are right now, it's like, well, he hasn't been terrible. So, yeah, yeah sure. I'll roster him, you know, he's not a major league roster. but like that's where we're at in, in the world of pitching these days. And so I, you know, when I watched uh, Mayetta pitch against Detroit, I was like, I, he looks good. He struck out 80, went five, you know, he only got with three hits. Uh, yeah. Like if, if Minnesota let, and so the one thing I did like, and the reason I'm mentioning in this is. They came out to to get him. I think he was against the Braves. He was four and two thirds, and uh, manager came out to pull him. And Maeda said, "No, absolutely not. Like I'm finishing this inning," and he did. And you know what? To me, that's like that's a guy that is hungry and he wants he wants to be in the game. So, you know what? Give him a chance. So you mentioned he would line up to be his two starter. Um, are you, so you recommending yeah, not, him for this coming week, or maybe someone to watch? So he's he's a two star. He's not a two star pitcher next week, as in week. I think that's what, what week fourteen we're talking about. Yep. So not week fourteen. I already checked that, but week fifteen he should be a two star pitcher in week fifteen because he started on Wednesday. He'll be on I think Tuesday next week. And then they'll have an off day, and he should be a Monday starter on on week fifteen. I don't know. I might start him next week too. He faces Kansas City. That, I mean, there's exactly. an easy matchup. Yeah, on July fourth, he's he faces up against Zach Grenke. Speaking of pitchers being thin, well, there's some good news that uh, Chris Sale's MRI came back clean, and he can start throwing again. He's still on the sixty days, so we can't come back until August second. But that's right around the corner. You, Fantasy managers who who roster Chris Sale. It's good news for the playoffs if he stays healthy. Yeah, sometimes though you look at those guys who are due back in August or your playoff stashes that you know. Right now we're saying the prospects are the stashes because your impact guys and the next after next level down is IL stashes. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, As I've got to get, huh? Go ahead. Can, I, I was going to interrupt you. So. There's, there's there's a way you can take advantage of that too. If there's some guys like Chris Sale, uh, Max Freed, Lodolo, Lodolo, all those guys that are on the IL, and you get a, a fantasy manager who's just borderline of, of making the playoffs a couple of weeks out. Those guys in the IL don't do him any good if he doesn't make the playoffs. So you may be able to sell him a pitcher who's good, but not quite Max Freed good, and. Um, 
because he needs to make the playoffs now. Max Reed in the IL doesn't do him any good if he can get Brian Wu or whoever for the next couple of weeks to help make the playoffs. To get into you, it. You, yeah, you can take advantage of that if you've got a cushion. Yeah. Just a sneaky advice. So last week we talked about uh, Jordan Lawler and why he wasn't owned in our league. So I went, of course, and went and picked him up inside a minor spot. But now here I am mentioning the Diamondback shortstop, who I thought was not worth playing. And here's Geraldo Perdomo. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure I got that right. The dude's Perdomo. batting 296, five home runs. But as of late, um, he's on a six-game hitting streak, batting uh, over 350. Uh, uh, right now it's at 350, exactly. Um, his trends are pretty good. I talk about that, like Tom mentioned a lot, because I look at that to see what their ceiling is. Uh, the dude could put up, tw- you know, 23 points last week. And the Diamondbacks are going into their schedule next week is New York Mets and Pittsburgh Pirates. So I think those are some decent hitting schedules for the Diamondbacks who are surging right now a little bit. I went where they were, you know, last week still holding on to first place in front of the Dodgers. And uh, I think they, they're just going to keep running. And the guys who aren't being relied on are able to just keep poking the ball and doing well. And that's Geraldo Pump Perdomo. All right, so Tommy Fan West. <laughs> so much, so much. You're waiting on my, my spill for Tommy Fan, huh? Yes, please. All right. So <clears throat> on June 3rd, his batting average, his, his, his slash line was 222, 327, 389. Just not great. As of today, his slash line is 268, 346, 4, 488. He's raised his average 46 points in the matter of 25 days. Right? Now, since week eight, he's scored 16 and a half, 13 and a half, 22, 14, 17 and a half, and 14. Now, he's really been the only bright spot, if you want to call it that, for the Mets. Am I saying he's an outfield one or an outfield two? No. But <laughs> if you need an outfield spot, Tommy Pham's the guy where for four or five weeks, he's on a heater. And look, man, he's been scoring points. So I, I can't really knock him for it. He's definitely not a guy I trust. It's going to end. And he's going to end the year at probably like a 220, you know. But while it's hot, man. I would I would run it like he went three for three with a home run, an RBI, and a walk, and a stolen base yesterday. So he's, a, he's always had eye problems dating back to his time with St. Louis, and he recently had a procedure done that I guess corrected something. Like, I don't remember the, the all backstory, but basically, long story short, yeah. did something with his eyes to help his vision, and maybe that is helping turn it around. I know that was a story with Tampa Bay. That was a story everybody's been, and maybe yeah. they finally figured out what's wrong. And look, I mean, here's the thing. Fantasy football is right around the corner. He doesn't have any negative things to worry about or any yeah. cheating scandals that we have to really dive into. So, you know, until we get into like the September time frame, Mike, yeah, sure, I'll trust He's not Tommy distracted. Pham. He's not distracted about, you know, the fantasy football lineup and whether you can stash somebody on the IL. 
<laughs> he is in the same division as uh, Jock Peterson this year, so uh, he will see him. Because <laughs> who was it? Jock is the uh, yeah. Commish. Trout Trout was the commish, I believe, but Jock and Trout and Fam were all in the same league. Yeah. It's Fam who slapped Jock, right? Slapped yeah, me. yeah. I got to revisit that video now. That was weird. Yeah. All right. So that's that's our notes for uh, for next week. You guys got any other uh, guys you want to mention for uh, week fourteen? Uh, yeah, one guy I do want to mention for week fourteen because he's a two start pitcher. Well, Dane Dunning. I already talked about Kyle, Hendrick, Kyle Hendricks. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> hey, Cubs Who, fan, Homer, Drew Smiley. He's got two starts uh, too. Dane Dunning obviously pitches for Texas. Um, he's going against Boston, who as of late has not had the same offense as they did yeah. you know, to start the year. And then he's going against Washington. He's 2-0 with a 2-4-9 in his last two starts, 21 innings, three walks, 15 strikeouts. So, look, man, if you're looking for a two-start pitcher, you know, throw Dane Dunning in the mix. Yeah, Rangers are... Rangers are uh... First in the AL West and lengthening that gap. And mm-hmm. Boston's on a five-game um, losing streak. So, again, ride it while it's hot. Hit those the, those uh, spots where you can. Uh, Tommy, any final words for waiver wire uh, for week 14? Um, no, I just don't trust Domingo Guzman. Domingo Herman to be a stud if you can <laughs> if you have him and someone thinks the yeah. perfect game was was awesome sell do, do you sell see high yeah <laughs> yeah I'm with you on that I would sell high on him immediately if you can so all right well that's been uh, episode 29 of Fantasy Baseball Camp our waiver wire for week 14 uh, be sure to give us a follow on Instagram Twitter. Um, our videos are up on the on Spotify. You can see our videos as well as YouTube. Uh, give us a follow there. Or subscribe is the official term. And uh, that's it for us here. Episode 29. We'll catch you guys in the next one.